Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla D. Here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth, not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is Sunday. It is February the 26th of the year 2023. I am the host, founder, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamala D. And this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice in it. How is everyone today? I hope this day finds you and your family well. Well, we are continuing in this series. I know it is difficult for people to talk about. We're talking about sin. Confronting your sin and the proper way to repent of it. Now, we opened this series last weekend talking about King David and his sin. It was horrendous. Uh, he sinned against the Lord, you know, where he lusted and coveted after one of his servicemen, Uriah the Hittite, that was one of the men serving in his army. He lusted after this man's wife, slept with her, then had him killed so that he can marry her. And that thing angered the Lord. It displeased the Lord. God cannot look upon sin and he does not support it. However, God forgave David. David was very remorseful and he repented of that sin in Psalms 51. And that is the blueprint that we are using. This is episode two. Now, I know I remember telling you guys last weekend that it may be two episodes. No, it may be four. You guys know me as I start to study and pull these scriptures and then listen to the Holy Spirit. Okay, I need you to share this. I need you to share that. So I think it's going to be four episodes, maybe three. And that depends on whether or not I feel like talking for an hour. Okay, saints. Now, we talked about last week using a blueprint that uh, King David used to repent of his sin when he sinned against the Lord and he sinned against Bathsheba and her husband, Uriah the Hittite, by lusting after Bathsheba and having her husband killed so that he can have her. And then when she conceived, God did not allow that child to live because of the way that child was conceived. So that's a whole nother teaching. You know, I would have you know that uh, every baby that is conceived in the womb doesn't mean that God approves of it. That's a whole nother teaching and it's a very sensitive subject, but baby Bible is Bible. Now we will use the blueprint that King David used when he sinned against the Lord. And that's in Psalms 51, how David confessed his sins. He didn't fight against it. He didn't try to justify it. He said, I have sinned against the Lord. So what are we doing in this series? 
We are using the same blueprint that David used in Psalm 51. We confess our sins. We apologize for them to whomever we hurt, especially God. We praise God and thank him for his forgiveness. And we repent of those sins. We turn away from them. We change our mindset. We change our behavior. And we try to please the Lord. Now, this is a very sensitive subject. And look, I know over the years, I've been walking with the Lord 30 years. And when you talk about sin, that causes people to leave a congregation and they seek denominations or a religion that takes them away from God that will appease their sin. So I know it's risky talking about sin. I'm at risk of losing listeners, but <laughs> to God be the glory, I have been gaining listeners, especially with this series. It tells me that people are now understanding that their lives are in shambles. Now they are understanding why sin is one of the reasons why a lot of our lives are, are in shambles and why God won't move in our lives in addition to not having faith. But God does not reward sin. He doesn't. You have to repent of those sins. So last week during episode one, we ended it with first John chapter two and that's verses one and two. And I think we need to begin episode two with these two scriptures, because you need to understand that if you are a born again, Christian, God is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. First John chapter two, verses one and two says, this is the apostle John talking to Christians in the congregation. My little children, these things are right to you so that you may not sin. John is saying, look, you don't sin. It's not a good thing to sin. But if anyone sins, and this is the new King James version, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is our righteousness. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Verse two says, and he himself is the propitiation, meaning the atonement for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. And so that no one would be uh, confused about that last statement, meaning that everyone thinking that just because Christ died, his blood is covering everybody. No, you have to believe. Now, the blood of Christ is available to everyone. But in order for you to get in on that, on God's salvation plan, you have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. So it's available. The blood of Jesus is available to anyone listening. And that is the only way your sins can be forgiven. So what the apostle John was saying in first John, and we will continue in first John with episode two is, is that look, while we are in this flesh, because our flesh is not born again, our spirit man is, is born again. We are battling. Our flesh is battling every day with our spirit man. So we have to bring our, our flesh under control. Not God, we do. But God is here to help us, though. 
I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but God is here to help us. So in episode uh, two, we are going to go to we first John chapter two, which is where we are. Jump on over to verse 15. I'm going to read verse 15, 16 and 17. So we are going to in episode two, identify the sins in our lives, confess and repent of them. Most people don't know when they're sinning or either they are turning a blind eye to it. Mm -hmm. But if you want to stay in the will of God, you have to repent of your sins. When you stumble, we should be repenting every day. There should not be a day going by where we are not repenting because everything that is not of faith is sin. And we need to repent of that. And, uh, not on social media. God doesn't take you seriously. It's between you and God. You go in a private place whether you are at work, in a bathroom, in your office, or if you're at home, when you come home at the end of the day and you know your heart is convicted of some stuff while you are trotting on over there to First um, John chapter 2, verses 15, I'm just talking, passing time. But we need to confess those sins every day. So I am reading, and remember, I am using the, the, the New King James version of the Bible. This is First John chapter 2, be beginning at verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. Now, the love of the father is Christ, meaning the spirit of Christ is not in you. If you are conformed to this world and you love the things of this world and so that you won't be confused to think about what, a, okay, what are the things of the world? Verse, verse 16, the apostle John tells us what they are. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, meaning your sexual desires, you are fornicating, having casual sex with people you are not married to, what you are involved in sexual immorality, homosexuality, all of that falls under the same umbrella, committing adultery, having sex without being married, and homosexuality, meaning having sexual, sexual relations with the same sex. All of that falls under the lust of the flesh. And what about the lust of the eyes, meaning covetousness? You are coveting what you see. You are lusting after what you see. Things. Yes, the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. These are not inclusive, but these are some of the most common things that people lust after. But what, what the apostle John wants you to get from this is these are the things of the world and you shouldn't be a part of it. Not as a Christian, you shouldn't be a part of it. So change your religion thinking you can get away from this. Now I want you to remember King David did this horrendous sin not realizing God saw it anyway. You can't hide from God. You can't go to a religion and hide in that religion away from the God who is going to judge the world. The God who is going to judge the world is the God of the Holy Bible, period. Now, verse 17 says, and the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. What is the will of God? Not getting involved or loving the things of this world. That's the will of God. 
and, and believing on his son, Jesus, receiving Christ in your heart and confessing him as Lord with your mouth. That's the will of the father. Now we, I want you to trot on over there to first John chapter three, first John chapter three, and I will be reading verses one through 10 so that you won't be confused. The apostle John is getting ready to distinguish who is a Christian and who is not. Okay. I, I know this is tough, but for those who want to get it right and, and walk in the will of God, it shouldn't be tough for you to hear. It was tough for me to hear over 30 years ago, but now that I am in the will of God, I want to hear these things because I want to please the father. So first John chapter three, verses one through 10, and I am reading Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Right here, the Apostle uh, uh, John is, is in amazement. He is amazed that, that we can even call ourselves a child of God. That's because of, of Christ. That's how powerful the blood of Jesus is. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Him who? It didn't know God and it didn't know his son, Jesus. So the apostle John is amazed that we can now be called children of God, but the world didn't know Christ and they didn't know God and they still don't know him. Verse two says, beloved, now we are the children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be because we will receive new bodies when Christ returns a second time. And that is what our hope is, is in. And that is where our faith lies in the return of Christ. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. Absolutely. We will receive our new bodies, my sisters and brothers in Christ. And uh, verse three says, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Remember John is talking about sin. We have to purify ourselves. You see right here where he says that, well, uh, in verse three, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, purifies himself. So we have to put the sin away in our flesh. God put the sin away in our spirit. We have to put the sin away in our flesh. Okay. Verse four says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. Now saints, this is where teaching comes in at, where we have to rightly divide these scriptures. So verse five, uh, I'm going to explain what, what John is saying. Verse five says, and you know that he was manifested. He who Jesus was manifested to take away our sins and in him, there is no sin. Now, here's the thing. We know that the Apostle John is not saying you will never sin because we just talked about in 1 John chapter 2 that we have an advocate with the Father if anyone does sin. So we know that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. These scriptures do not contradict themselves. They just need to be rightly divided. So what he is saying here, sin is what we, we are going to do. I can guarantee you every day. Sin simply means miss the mark. Miss the mark. Okay, we're going to stumble every now and then. Lawlessness, on the other hand, means practice sin. 
those who practice sin is involved in lawlessness. And there's a difference because when you practice sin, you don't belong to God. You are not born again. And this is why you need to be told this. If you are practicing sin with no conviction, there's something wrong with that saints. You're really not born again. So let me read uh, verse five. And you know that he, he who Jesus was manifested to take away our sins and in him, there is no sin. So right here, the apostle John is saying, if you are in Christ and he is in you, you know that he came to this earth to take away sin and in him, there is no sin. So if you are following Christ, why are you practicing sin? Why, why are you walking in sin with no conviction? Verse six says, whoever abides in him, him who Jesus does not sin. So right here, we're talking about willfully, just, just going out every day, preparing to sin with, with no conviction about it. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. And we know John is not contradicting himself because you got to remember first John chapter one and two. Okay. And verse seven says, little children, let no one deceive you. This is the qualifier. Saints, please hear this. Let no one deceive you. Those who are looking for ministries and, and denominations and congregations who make you feel good about sinning here. Listen carefully, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Just as he is righteous, Christ is righteous, God is righteous. If you practice righteousness, you are of God if you claim to be a Christian. But if you are not practicing righteousness, if you are practicing sin, what the apostle John is saying, you don't belong in, you don't belong to God. Verse 8 says, "He who sins is of the devil." Ah. Okay. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God, Jesus, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. What is the works of the devil? Sin. The works of the devil is sin. So if you are in Christ, if you are abiding in Christ and he is abiding in you, you shouldn't be practicing sin. Wake up now. Remember, verse seven says, let no one deceive you. These false teachers in these churches, because they had false teachers enter the church back then. This is why John wrote this epistle. He's saying, wait a minute, y'all confused. You cannot say you are walking in darkness and you are with Christ. If you are walking in light and you are associated with Jesus, yes, you, you are walking in Christ. And he most likely is in you. But if you are not practicing righteousness, Christ is not in you. If you are practicing sin, you're not born again. You're not saved. You are of the devil. Most people don't like to hear that, but you need to hear the truth. You're not going to get no watered down teaching here at learning Bible truth. Because if you knew the person I was 30 over uh, 30 years ago and the person I am today, you better believe God is real because I am a changed person. You need to understand that. I am a changed person. If you are born again, you're supposed to be a new creation. Verse nine says, whoever has been born of God does not sin. Now, I already explained this a few scriptures before. He is not talking about you are not going to stumble. There's a difference between lawlessness 
and sinning. Even though it's the same lawlessness, it's when you practice sin. You have no convictions about it. Mm-mm, your heart feel good. Feel good. You support sin. You egg everybody else on to sin. And as a matter of fact, you are upset with Christians that walk in, in the word of God and live a holy lifestyle. You have a problem with that. So how do you think you're born again? You support someone who's a swinger. You support someone who's living in adultery. You support someone who is having children out of wedlock. God didn't sanction that, that baby, you know. Uh-uh. No, he did not. And I'm here to tell you, sin happens. You repent of it. You dedicate that child to Christ. You tell, you ask God for forgiveness and he will forgive you. Bless that baby. But you can, you look, everybody, including your baby, your precious grandbaby and your precious baby is born in sin. And once they, they reach the age where they know right from wrong, you better tell them about Jesus. You better tell them about Jesus because the qualification to become saved is you must be a sinner and everyone was born in sin. So saints, what scripture are we on? Let me read verse nine again. Whoever has been born of God does not sin for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. He's talking about our spirit man, but we are not controlling our flesh. You have to look back at uh, the scriptures that we just read about purifying ourselves. Verse three of first John chapter three. And anyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So we need to understand this saints. We have to keep our, our flesh under control. Not God. God did his part. I mean, we got to at least do something. He's saying, at least if you confess your sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now let's read, uh, I'm going to read verse nine one more time and we will read verse 10. Verse nine says, whoever has been born of God does not sin. That's our spirit man now. For his seed, who see God's seed, which is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, remains in him, in us. Okay. And he cannot sin. Who? We. We cannot sin. The spirit man that we carry around with us cannot sin because he has been born of God, because we have been born of God. Now, verse 10 says, in this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. This is how we tell them apart. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, period. There is no in between. You cannot dissect this passage of scripture. You cannot make it say what you want it to say. The apostle John is very clear. Whoever does not practice righteousness, meaning if you are practicing sin is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. You have to walk in love toward your sisters and brothers. Just like in the church today, we see fights breaking out because of hate because of sin running loose in the church, starting from the pulpit all the way to the end of the pews, sin running rampant. That ain't no house that, that Jesus is ahead of and people attending because they want to see who's going to fight next. What mess going to break out next? Yeah. That's the heart of, of the church today. You have to 
Ask yourself, is this what I want to be a part of? Do I, I, I need to examine myself to see if I am of the faith. Like the apostle Paul told the Corinthian church, you need to examine yourself to see if you are of the faith. They was in such disarray. It, it, Paul had to question himself and ask, well, are these people really born again? My goodness. So verse 10, it, look, it, it solidifies this now. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifested. This is how you tell them apart. Whoever does not practice righteousness, walking in holiness, walking in the will of God, is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. We are talking about our brothers and sisters in Christ. That is what we are talking about. Now, saints, I need you to trot on over to Romans chapter six. Romans chapter six, my God, my God, my God, Romans chapter six saints. And I am still reading from the new King James. Now we are talking about grace. The apostle Paul now is going to clarify what grace means for those who are misunderstanding grace. Now, while you are looking, let me share this. I, I chose not to read Romans chapter five because Romans chapter six clarifies chapter five, where it talks about where grace abound, where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. And so what happened when the apostle uh, Paul was talking to the Roman Christians, they had questions about grace and it was a warped sense of what grace is, meaning they thought because of God's grace, they can continue to sin no matter how much or how many times they sinned, grace would cover it. And they were misunderstanding that scripture. Now, if you guys want to read chapter five, that's fine. But chapter six, the apostle Paul clarifies it. And if you think about it, all of the apostles were on the same page as it relates to sin. We are saved by grace, which is God unearned, unmerited favor. But there has to be something in place for us to distinguish what is real silver and what is real gold. There has to be a test. And the apostle John says, this is how we can tell the children of God and the children of devil, of the devil. Whoever practices righteousness is of God. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. They are of the devil, period. So don't deceive yourself. I hope you guys are over there. I am still in the New King James uh, version of the Bible. So I'm going to read this entire chapter, saints. Beginning at verse one of Romans chapter six. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Verse three says, or do you not know? that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Let me put a finger right here. When we are baptized by the Holy Spirit, that's where, where we are uh, born again. That seed is, is planted in us. How you are born of the Holy Spirit is when you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that he is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, meaning that you know he is alive and he is seated at God's right hand. That seal is placed on your heart if you are sincere. 
we are baptized in water so that it is symbolic to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Now, this means we are supposed to be a new person, a new creation. So verse four, it takes us into verse four. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into his death, meaning we should have died to sin. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. I just said that we should also walk in newness of life. Verse five says, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Remember the apostle Paul is addressing grace as it relates to you sinning. No, uh, uh-uh. God's grace is not so that you can be a successful sinner. No, this is what, what Paul is saying. Um, let me read verse five again, cause I lost my spot. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. So right here is telling you, you can't hide behind God's grace. Uh-uh. Because if you were, you died with Christ and were raised with him, you came up a new man out of that water. And so you should have died to sin. So you cannot hide behind God's grace. Verse eight says, now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Now, verse 10 says, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. That was our sacrifice once and for all, period. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead into sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord, every single person on this planet, and it is hundreds of millions of them who are claiming to be Christians should be walking in holiness, should not be practicing sin. Verse 12 says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. So if, if it was, if, if, if God's grace was, was meant for you to continue in sin, these letters of correction would not be written. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it in its lust. And verse 13 says, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members talking about the members of your body as instruments of righteousness to God. Verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under law, but under grace. Hallelujah. My God. So you cannot explain grace any more than this. Paul had to go deep about sin because they had some in those days, just like today, think because of God's grace, you can live any kind of way you want. When the reason Christ came was to destroy the works of the devil and the works of the devil is sin and lawlessness deeds. Yes. Uh-uh. The apostle Paul says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin should not be controlling you. 
for you are not under law, but under grace. Verse 15 says, what then shall we sin because we are, we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. This is why he's writing this because these were the questions that were being asked of the apostle Paul. He says, certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death, meaning spiritual death, meaning being completely disconnected from God or of obedience leading to righteousness. Here's the thing. If you are a slave to your sin, you have just given in to your sin, especially the lust of your flesh. That's who your God is. Whoever you are enslaved to, that's who your God is. And we know who the originator of sin is. It's the devil. So when you practice sin, you're worshiping Satan, your God. That's who your God is because the world hates light. You know why? Because the light reveals what goes on in the dark. Hallelujah. Look, this is, is I'm sharing this out of love and I practice what I preach. Verse, um, where am I? Verse, verse 16. Let me, let me go to verse 16 again. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are that, oh, that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. Verse 17, but God be thanked that though you were, this is past tense, that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart. That form of doctrine, meaning that form of teaching to which you were delivered. And verse 18 says, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. He's talking to those who are walking in holiness. And once again, the apostle John tells you how to identify those who are of the devil and those who are of God. And the apostle Paul is doing the same thing. And verse 18 again, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Now, if you are a slave of righteousness, you belong to God. But if you are a slave of unrighteousness, you belong to Satan. Verse 19, I speak in human terms. Paul said, I am breaking this down to you. I'm speaking from my flesh to you so that you can understand this because of the weakness of your flesh. He had to break it down. He could not speak to them in spiritual terms because they couldn't understand it. He had to break it down to them in the flesh. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. How are we missing all these scriptures? Why are these scriptures being taught in the church? You know why? Because money, like I said earlier, at the beginning of this, of this episode, when you start talking about sin, people start bouncing from church to church until they find one that's going to support what their flesh want to do. They want to make you feel good about sinning. There is no scripture in this Bible that will make you feel good about sinning. The apostle Paul says, so shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? He said, absolutely not. Verse 20 says, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness, meaning you were practicing sin and you were free from righteousness because you were slaves to sin. They cannot coexist. Verse 21 says, what fruit did you have then in the things 
of which you are now ashamed. For the end of those things is death. Uh-huh. Verse 22 says, but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end is everlasting life. Verse 23 needs to stick with you. And it's a reason it's in here. Couple this with all the scriptures we just read. Romans 6, 23 for the, for the wages of sin is death. That will not change. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So saints, you have to make a decision whether or not you want death or do you want eternal life? Because it, let me tell you something. There's nothing that can satisfy my flesh enough for me to ignore God's grace and eternal life, which is offered in God's grace to those who are born again and to those who believe. Honey, my flesh ain't leading me to hell. And we have control over our flesh. If we did not have control over our flesh, or if we had the inability to control our flesh, God wouldn't ask us to control it. Yes, we do have control over our flesh. So trot on down, not up, to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, and I will be reading verses 23 to 26. You can pause the tape. And when you find Romans 3, 23, hit play and we will be on the same page. So for those of you who, who think this sin thing is, is just for a few people, uh, we are getting ready to clarify this. This is still the Apostle Paul talking to the church, church at Rome, trying to help them understand about sin, God's righteousness and grace. Okay, verse 23 in Romans chapter 3 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right here, we all need the Savior. We all need a Savior. Paul is saying, look, we all have sinned. You can't say you haven't sinned. And, re and remember, the Apostle John says, if you, if you say you have no sin, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. So we all have sinned. That's right. Everybody on the planet have sinned. That's why we need the Savior. And verse 24 says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Justified means to be declared righteous in God's sight, only in Christ. That's why it's important for us to repent, saints, because the wages of sin is still death. It's important for us to repent of the sins that we are involved in every day, saints, every day. And God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 25 says, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. Talking about Jesus uh, in verse 24. Let me read verse 24 again, then go back into 25. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25 says, whom God set forth as a propitiation, as the atonement for our sins by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, meaning his patience, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Oh, we just touched on something there. He passed over the sins that were previously committed. This is why we need to repent of the sins that we, that we are involved in after 
salvation because we are still going to fall. The apostle John confirmed that we are still going to fall. But if you confess your sin, saints, using the method that King David used, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, saints. No Christian is better than the other, but confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, verse 26 says to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. My Lord, my Lord, sending Christ to die for our sins was was God's amazing solution to the problem of how He could remain just, meaning punish all sin because sin had to be punished and still justify us, meaning declare us to be perfectly righteous in his sight through Christ only. So we have to walk like Christ did, saints, not for salvation, but you know what? So that others can see that Jesus is real. They know you in your past. They're like, wait a minute, I went, I grew up with them. I know how they were. They are new. They are definitely not the same person that I used to hang out with and used to run with. Something happened. Something caused them to change. Now, saints, trot on over to Romans 14. Romans chapter 14. And I am going to read verses 22 and 23. I am reading, saints. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. Right here. God doesn't want you to condemn yourself because there's those who are in Christ are no longer condemned. They are already saved. Remember, we have to distinguish. Don't misunderstand those who practice lawlessness and those who practice righteousness. Those who practice righteousness are of God in Christ. Those who practice lawlessness are of the devil. So what the apostle Paul is saying here is if you have faith, have it to yourself before God. Remember, we, t- we were just talking about sin. So that hasn't changed because we moved to something else. And, and what we are reading now does not contradict what we just read. It just has to be rightly divided. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. Don't condemn yourself, saints, because all have sinned. Remember that. And if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Those who practice lawlessness don't confess their sins. They keep doing it every day and feel good about it, but go to church and be the first ones in the church. Bust the door wide open. And verse 23 says, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. What I want you to get from uh, the latter part of verse 23 is for whatever is not a faith is sin. So you have to be able to identify your sins to to repent of them. Okay, whatever is not a faith is sin. If you are doing something and faith is not attached to it and yet you doing it in the name of the Lord, but faith is not attached to it. That's sin. Repent of that. But ask God, just like King David, God created me a, a clean heart. And the apostle John says that God is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God cleanse me from my sin. Be specific with God, with whatever you are struggling with. Ask God to cleanse you from that and then start praising him. When you praise God, 
when the praises go up, the blessings come down. I'm a live, I'm a living witness. And part of the blessing is for you to be cleansed from your unrighteousness. Blessing just not, doesn't just come in the form of a gift for you to enjoy and satisfy, satisfy your flesh. Blessings also can come in deliverance. So what the apostle Paul here is saying is don't forget Jesus is the atonement for our sins. We are going to sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but repent of those sins. It's not hard to do, but don't condemn yourselves in the process. Now trot on over to first Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter five. So we are going to start moving into how you can prevent yourselves from falling into sin. So what are we doing? Um, first Corinthians chapter five, I will be reading verses one through 13. And for the sake of time, I'm going to just go ahead on and start reading. Pause the tape. When you find the scriptures, press play. We'll be on the same page. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such, such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, meaning non-Jews, meaning unsaved people too, that a man has his father's wife and you are puffed up about it, meaning you feel okay about it. You congratulated them. Yeah, you are, you are allowing them to sit amongst you in the congregation. Verse two again, and you are puffed up about it and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. Verse three, for I indeed as absent in the body, but present in spirit have already judged as though I were present. Somebody had told Paul what was going on there. Him who has so done this thing, Paul say, I already judged it. I already know what God told me to tell you guys. I already know what the Bible says. I already know what, what the atonement of, of our sins mean. I already uh, know about grace. We can't hide behind God's grace and think that if where sin abound, grace uh, abound much more. No, you can't hide behind, hide behind the grace. Verse four says, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse five is what I want you to hear. Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Right here, we're talking about a Christian in the church who is involved in sexual immorality and everybody in the congregation knows about it and nobody said anything about it to correct him. They were supposed to put him out of the congregation. We don't see that today because when you put somebody out, you're putting money out. They have put money before the word of God, the tradition of man over the, over the tradition of God. Paul say, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. One of the reasons why you got to put that sinning Christian out from among you, because now we, we, we are talking about, okay, how can you prevent yourself from falling? Number one, Paul is saying, put this person out from among you. Now you may not have the authority to put them out of the congregation. And if the pastor knows about it and is refusing to do it, you know what? Why don't you remove yourself from it? Remove yourself from it. But there is some hope here. He says, so, so that for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. If this person is truly a born again Christian 
and is living in sin. We don't know if he's repented uh, uh, every day or not. We don't know. It's not recorded. That's not what these scriptures are or supposed to be teaching us. They're telling us how not to keep company with bad behavior. Verse six says, your glorying is not good. They're saying, you don't congratulate this couple. They living in sin. This man is sleeping with his father's wife. Do you not know that a little leaving, leaving the whole lump? If you let sin run rampant in the congregation, it's going to spread to everybody. But the ones who live in holy is not going to stay amongst that. They will remove themselves such as myself, I will not attend a church where the pastor is living in open sin and telling y'all, y'all don't have nothing to say about it. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. Verse seven says, therefore, purge out the old leaving that you may be a new lump since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover was sacrificed for us. Paul is saying, I know Christ was sacrificed for us, but that doesn't mean you can live in sin. That doesn't mean you can practice sin. That doesn't mean that you're supposed to glorify in someone's sin. Verse eight, therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaving, nor with the leaving of malice and, and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And verse nine says, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Don't keep company with them. And he ain't talking about those of the world. It's impossible for you to remove yourself from the sinners of the world because you got to work with some. You're going to be around some in the store, in the shopping center, in the theater. Or if you're going to watch a play, you're going to be around those people. So Paul say he ain't talking about that. And verse 10 just confirms what I said. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the, the covetous uh, or extortioners or idolaters since then you would need to go out of the world. Cause it, look, you cannot avoid being around, uh, sexually immoral people. You got to work with some verse 11, but now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother. And also I just want to throw this nugget out here. First Corinthians actually is second Corinthians. Second Corinthians is actually third Corinthians. Paul is confirming that he had already written to them. We don't know what that letter is. That's why it wasn't put in the Bible. It couldn't be found. So we are actually reading second Corinthians, but the scholars put it in as first Corinthians verse 11 again. But now I have written to you. This is a second time not to keep company with anyone named a brother. We're talking about a Christian, somebody claiming to be a Christian. That's why he said anyone named a brother, anyone who claims to be a Christian and they are living in sexual immorality, don't hang out with them. Who is sexually immoral or covetous, they coveting what other people have or an idolater worshiping idol gods or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. Okay. Verse 12 says, for what have I to do with judging those also who are outside talking about the world? Do you not judge those who are inside? Paul say, I ain't worrying. I don't have nothing to do with, uh, judging the world. Cause they already condemned according to, um, Matthew three eighteen. They already condemned verse 13 says, but those who are outside, God judges them. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person, those who are practicing sin. The Apostle Paul and the Apostle John are on the same page. They are evil people. 
Those who practice sin are of the devil. Didn't the apostle John tell us that? Those who practice sin are of the devil. And you can see it in them. They support sin. They hate good when someone is, is acting holy around them, not even bothering them. They are angry about it, but yet they supposed to be a Christian. They bust the doors open every Sunday and just might go to a Wednesday night Bible study. But you can easily spot these people in the congregation. Paul said, uh-uh, mm-mm, put away from yourselves the evil person. Don't hang with Christians who are sinning. They claim in Christ, but yet they live in an open sin. Unbelievable. You don't support them. You don't be proud and glorify them in anything they do. Tell me this. Why is it you have to open up your mouth and support sin? Why you can't just say not, not say nothing? Why can't you just not say nothing? Oh my God. And look, Romans 8, 14 tells us, and you don't have to go there. You can't, you can write it down and read it later. Those who are led by the, the spirit of God are the sons of God. And if you are led by the spirit of God, you definitely are not going to be hanging out with a, a sinning Christian. Remember, if you practice lawlessness, you are of the devil. But if you claim in Jesus and you practice righteousness, I am encouraging you today. Continue to walk in holiness after having done all to stand. I tell you, my sisters and brothers, continue to stand. I will end episode two right here. God bless you. God bless you. I know this was tough. It was tough when I was studying these scriptures. I asked God to give me the strength to share them because I remember when I struggled with it, but I don't struggle with it anymore because I choose to please God by walking in his will. I repent every day. Look, I did some sin I'm struggling with. I be wanting to punch people in their mouths. So I got to repent of that. I shouldn't be feeling like that. <laughs> I know some of you may, may be laughing, but that's still sin. Anything that is not of faith is sin. And I'm not walking in faith if I want to hit somebody in their mouth. Now, I don't do it. I have great restraint, but I still walk in love and, and will do anything for that individual that I felt like knocking out five minutes ago. will do anything for them if they are in need 10 minutes later. That's my heart. It's the heart of God. Remember, Jesus had a righteous indignation and I try to carry that indignation uh, just like Jesus carried his in a righteous way. So saints, look, I hope you are being blessed by this series. Um, I think we have two more and we will finish this before this week is out. I am on vacation. So Tuesday, I will share episode three. Yes. And by Saturday, we will conclude with episode four. And that's a promise, saints. I have a lot of scripture to share because I want to give you scripture. This is not my word. This is the word of God. It is my job to rightly divide these scriptures to you so that you can understand it and won't be confused. It is God's responsibility to search your heart to see if you are looking for truth and he will reveal the truth to you as I teach. With that said, saints, walk in love. Peace out. I hope you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode or any previous episodes, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, 
because it has been a blessing to you. Go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Or you can send your seed to me via Cash App. Dollar sign, Dr. Kamala D. That's dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m-a-l-e, capital D. Anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated. Now until next time, saints, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.